0: Welcome to True Alignment. I'm Edgar Papke.
1: I'm Ken Sagendorf. We're live here today in the Gronowski Innovation Incubator in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado, as well as joined live from Corning, New York.
2: That's true. Yep, from Corning, New York.
1: And
0: what is Corning famous for?
2: Corning's famous for glass. (laughs) We're the Crystal City.
1: Oh, man. I forgot you guys were called the Crystal City. I've been on the, the Corning Glass um tour there
0: I'd like, I'd like to do that someday
1: It's really good, actually,
0: yeah, I bet it is, yeah, 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 so, so, so this is the true alignment podcast where we uh, talk about all things alignment, all of them. whether in business and life and relationships and of course relationship to self, all the different levels and uh paths of alignment, and um as always. Uh, thoughts, comments, questions—anything at all—are welcome. Uh, please email us, send us your, send us your questions, your thoughts uh, to info at truealignment And as always, we will respond either here on the air or get back to you as quickly as we can to uh, to give you our thoughts and ideas uh, with with whatever your inquiry is. No boundaries. I added something
1: there. There's got to be some boundaries, but I
0: was going to say I got boundaries. <laughs> Well, maybe you do. <laughs> no. I mean, hey.
1: <laughs> so today um, we're, we are privileged to to welcome uh, Brie Brodeur to the True Alignment podcast. Um, a couple things you should know about Brie: she's been on the podcast before as part of the IT Concepts leadership team, and so. Um, but we had a joke here before we got on the air that this is the first time calling in, longtime listener, first time caller, um, because last time she was actually in studio with us. Um. So this time she's joining us um, digitally. Thank you, Bree, for joining us.
2: Absolutely happy to be here. I'm excited. I'm curious where we're going. As always, <laughs> you guys are an adventure. We,
1: the, the number of times we said on this podcast um, without mentioning your name that you know the the pressure of knowing where we're going and 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 where we're going to end up is just. Uh, it's fun for us, honestly, Bree. So we thank you for that.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you're doing it. Yes. Hey,
0: and here's a great way to start, Bree. Ready? Yes. What would you like to talk about today?
2: I would like to explore the how you how we work the alignment work from the personal to the professional because it's it feels circular, but it there, there's also a very clear roadmap to follow. If that makes sense.
1: Okay. Yeah, and this is why we were excited about having you on, Bree, because you know we think uh, of all the people we've talked to in, in the last uh, collection of years. You are thinking about this both in your personal life. We've worked with you professionally, but you know we know so much about you and your personal life and how you're using this construct in your personal life. And so, it you know we were hoping that's exactly where you would like to go.
2: Perfect. Yep, I'm ready.
1: So let's let's first we we need to share some of Bree's background. And, and talk a little bit about how we know Bree, and then uh, Bree ask you to, sh- to, to fill in the gaps of, of what we missed. So, you know, part of this, because we've known you for a long time, is to share little stories of nuggets Fun. we've heard from your life.
2: Fun!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Edgar, how do you know Bree?
0: I, I, through, IT, through IT concepts is um, how we met. Um, she's part of the executive team there, the leadership team.
1: Chief experience officer.
0: Yeah, Chief Experience Officer, which is a, has, has such a uh, significance in the alignment work that we do in business and with organizations. And we think about experience from the customer experience and, of course, alignment to the employee experience. And um, so now we're looking at the broad spectrum of that, which is the total experience. But, uh, so uh, Bree and I first uh, met uh, a couple of years or so ago now. And um, started the dialogue around ITC and its uh, and, uh, customer success strategy and and experience. And at the time, um, I think one of the things that struck me was how quickly you uh, engaged in the whole idea of alignment and the importance of it. What your background is is so rich, and that is uh, working um, in the realm with uh, in business with uh, large consultancies as well as um, starting your own consulting practice as well, which then eventually led you to ITC and engaging with them and pretty much uh, folding uh, into ITC and becoming a, a key part of it. Um, yeah, so uh, that's been my experience so far, at least from terms of a timeline and the pieces that fit into the timeline. I think more importantly is what you mentioned, Ken, Which is that um, you've really engaged alignment, uh, alignment, and as a in a very uh, personal way as well, and uh, it shows. It shows in your authenticity. It shows in your inquiry. I think you're um, as as we would want leaders to be in our lives very curious and very inquiring. Uh, So a great start to that would be. Have you always been that way? I mean, when you think about your childhood and moving through through school and high school and university, have you so always actually, thought of yourself as yeah. being curious?
2: Yeah, I think curious in that, um, actually, and I was talking to my husband about this the last couple of weeks, um, I think I like to wonder. I don't like to know. He likes to know things and have facts and this is this and this is that. And I, I often will say that that wasn't a question for an answer. I just want to wonder about it. I want to wonder what that star was. I want to wonder what's going on over there and create the stories and the pathways and think about all the things, the possibilities.
0: Is he more solutions oriented then in terms of how he thinks and comes at problems?
2: Yep. He's a, he's a, see a problem, fix it. I'm Mm -hmm. a, let's talk about it. Think about it. Dissect it. Go back to the beginning, break it down, try again. And then whatever we built is still not the answer. I want to, I want to see what we can do to improve it
1: at the end. So Bree, this is, you know, this is a little bit of, um, you know, I'll just share and I don't, I think I have, but you know, in case you haven't, I'll just uh, give you the trigger warning here before I say it. Um, you know, part of understanding your background for me has been, but you also hold a, a directness to you, right? You see something you're going to go after it. And then I, I, I remember, I, the, the one story you shared, especially about working with one, with one of the large consultancies of of being thrown under the bus and called out in a group meeting and saying, well, DM you, that's never going to happen again. Yes. Um, yep. Right. So I, I think it's an awesome mix to have that kind of sense of wonder and the idea that this is work we will continue to do to improve it. And at the same time, kind of that hard charging gene that you have as well. I love that those two together is really kind of a neat mix.
2: There is, it's, a, it's an interesting one to solve, right? The wonder doesn't come with a lot I want to lay in a hammock and think about how the world works. It's just the piece that comes with the, I want to accomplish X, Y, Z, and along the way, like the, the, the goal is always there.
1: Yeah. I, I love that part too. So sorry I interrupted you.
0: I know it's, it was actually, that's a really good piece. Uh, because I, I know that about you as well, Brie. Um, what I wanted to do is just go back for a moment, because I, I was going to ask you, um, how long have you and, and Ken been, been uh, together? So
1: <laughs> Let's clari- been trying- we should clarify this, because the conversation before we got on the air is not part of this. <laughs> Ken is also the name of Brie's husband.
2: Is my husband, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, my husband, uh, is also oh, my Ken, apologies
1: for that, <laughs> which is
2: a very popular name thanks to the Barbie movie. Ooh-hoo. He is Knuff. Um, so I have been with Ken since I was 18, uh, so a very long time. We've been married for 22 years, so we we have been together a very, very long time. And I think when I was thinking about this alignment piece, one of the things that really struck me was how different Ken and I are. We are. We are very different in how we think, how we communicate, um, and I—it's more of an opposites attract than this person feels the same as me. And I really like being around that person for that—he challenges me. And I, I often tell people they're like, "What, what, what drew you to Ken?" And um, he's the first person that really told me no, <laughs> which goes to that hard charging thing. And I was like, "This is, this is a challenge," um, which I—I I enjoyed. Uh, and to this day, he is the one person who will stand in front of me and be like need to think about that um, and how that correlates to ITC. Uh, I think if you look at the team we have here, the person I'm probably closest in personality to is Panak and the CEO of our company. The rest of our team works because we are all very different. And the very necessary friction of being very different individuals that trust each other is is really where the greatness comes out of it. And I think that translates back to my marriage in the same way. There's obvious trust there right there this is the person I trust most in the world that friction that we have sometimes this gets a lot but that friction is really necessary to produce that that greatness to bounce off each other to to really get to the goodness of of
1: what's next? We know this from athletic performance, right? That you need a little t- attention is a necessary ingredient ingredient for high performance. Yeah. Um, but you know, putting those two constructs together, the idea of um, you use the word friction, I'll use tension. But trust with tension. Yep. Um, you know, and that's a really kind of interesting way to see the world, right? And I, I mean, I have a lot of that too. So the idea is. Um, and Edgar, you and I were just talking about this this morning in the alignment model. Yeah, we were right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so you know, we have the the four A's: the idea of having some awareness and being able to assess, and then you know, getting into alignment and then taking action to make that alignment possible. But in that idea of awareness and assessment, is the awareness is really about where misalignments are? It is paying paying attention to the tension to bring yeah. uh, Claudia Batten's conversation back into the in into the spoken realm, but the knowing where the tensions are um, allows you to look for misalignments, which are those opportunities.
0: Yep. I think that's a key aspect of it. We were talking about that this morning because when you, when you come to recognize those differences, um, where do you go with them? And it's not unusual for people to move toward in a direction of separation. Mm-hmm. So we're different and therefore we, uh, we individuate even further. And that causes a separation in the relationship, as opposed to using those differences in a uh, in a constructive way, in a positive way, and seeing that tension as a positive aspect of the relationship, and creating integration. And once you integrate, uh, much like uh, you and Ken, um, your husband Ken, when, when you when you start thinking about well, how do we integrate and create a really meaningful relationship and a useful, constructive relationship? that's then um, a really big piece of how you then attain alignment and you, you move in that, in that direction. And there's a, there's a true level of consciousness and awareness that's required to do that. Is there a, at any point that you look back on where you and Ken, um, where you know, light bulbs are going off or there was a recognition of, of the importance of that and how to use it?
2: I think we recognize that our end goal was the same. We may have had very different ideas on how to get there, but I think what Ken shared about how direct I am challenged him to be more direct. And so getting all of these things out very early and often, um, we have a lot of long, we've been together a long time. You guys have been with your classes a long time. You know, you see the people at restaurants that have run out of things to talk to, right? They're just staring at each other, their sandwiches, we haven't gotten there yet because there's still so much we have to talk through because we are so different. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I think that continuous communication, um, is, is the absolute key and recognizing that the end goal is the same. Everybody just wants to be happy. So no one is standing in the way of that.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's cross over between, uh, personal and professional. So, you know, on the professional side, um, it's funny cause I'll be off tomorrow morning, giving a talk on, um, to the Denver leadership fellows uh, on the true alignment framework. And they asked me to come and speak about how to create a shared vision. And so we're going to introduce the alignment framework Absolutely. as a, as a way to do that. But in the professional space, I think it's a little debatable that everybody agrees on where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I often talk about um, you know an ethical construct of utilitarianism. Um, at first, I really had such problems with it. When we talk about that as the use of an ethical framework, have I shared this with you?
0: And um, I think so. Keep, keep going. I'm really interested now. Yeah. Well, because Not you, that I
1: wasn't before. It's just. you know, and as I worked <laughs> as I as I work with it, I've come to love it more because the challenge of using a utilitarian uh, framework is to stretch the lens as wide as possible because if the lens is narrow, decision-making is easy. But Mm -hmm. if, but if you include more things Mm -hmm. in the lens decision-making gets way more complex and nuanced, right? So as you think about this in the people that work in an organization, if they say, I just need to do the thing that I do, actions are easy
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and you don't necessarily, and a lot of people can get to a point where you don't, they don't operate from a shared goal. And, and, and I've worked in so many organizations yeah. where that I think is the fundamental issue is that there's not a shared there's not a shared goal.
0: So um, yes, I full agreement on that. So the shared goal, sense of purpose, shared vision, whatever that whatever that is, and the importance of that, I'd like to go back to something that then becomes part of the how to get there. and that is your use of the term direct or directness. So the willingness to be direct. Now, correct me if I'm on the wrong track here. The way that I hear that and and my perspective on it is when you you speak the language of being direct, I hear you speaking the language of truth. In other words, here's my truth. I'm willing to step into what I think, see, and feel and be direct about that or direct just being, look, here you go. And that idea of whether it's vulnerability, authenticity, quote, what you like— uh, now now we're, spe- we're speaking the language of truth. And then I take that to a place that says, well, it shows up in so many different ways and in so many different forms of tension, including the simplicity that says if we're on the same page, somebody better tell the truth about it. Or if we're just working out of compliance in an organization and we don't really believe that that compliance is a good thing, we need to be able to have a voice and to speak to that. So I just wanted to drop that in there because I think that's an important element in especially in the language that we're using. Because there there's a there's not just a sense of 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 boldness and courage in that. If you want to call it courage and, and being brave, it's it that's alignment right there and that's that level, that core level of alignment of the self. So when we speak about the self and the levels of alignment that you referred to earlier, so how do you how do you bring that all together? It really does begin with um, um, being being in alignment to my own truth and being able to bring that into a relationship or a set of relationships and how that then, of course, expands and moves through an organization and the organizational context that we're in. And I think that's probably also something, and I'm going to refer to a comment you made before about how you and Panakkin are alike, um, my sense of it is in watching you interact with the people in your executive team and the directors in your organization is that your willingness to step into the truth and invite others to do the same. And in a way, I, I, look, at, I look at you and my experience of you, and you're not willing to put it, you know, you've got a really great bullshit meter going. And when you're not getting the truth, you're willing to be direct about it and say, hey, time out here. What, 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 are you really, what are you really thinking? What's really going on here?
2: think i think that's a that's a lesson you learn over time right i think as everyone gets older your bullshit meter gets better right but the longer you stretch those moments out where you're out of alignment hoping and praying something magical happens nothing magical ever happens nothing ever brings it back you either let it go or you you have to fix it anyway so fixing it anyway is definitely the approach that I've taken and it's it's sometimes, you know, bowl in the China closet, Kool-Aid Man through the wall, which is not great. The nuance needs to be better. But it just waiting doesn't work unless you're willing to let go of the goal. You might as well just take it on and go.
0: That's an interesting that we have really fun one to unpack is where mm-hmm. is where is the convergence or intersection of patience and truth?
1: Well, and in, in, in the idea of directness or or seeker mm-hmm. of truth that, that you say, Edgar, that idea is, is not welcome everywhere, frankly.
2: No. Yeah, I agree. There, there there, are some rooms that it's tough for me to be in. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that, <laughs> I've accepted that because for me as a person, just to, it's hard for me to separate my personal and professional. I, I think I see other people be far more successful with this is who they are at work and they show up and they put on their heels and they're they're this person, right? I'm kind of the same person at home or with my friends or at work. You get the same experience of me, so I, I have a hard time separating those mm-hmm. personas. So when, when I did... need you because I'm experiencing this as me, not as yeah. me in my role. This is just me as Brother experiencing the conversation professionally. Um, it is very personal. At what
0: At what, at what point in your person. At what point in your life did you did you come to recognize that? I, and I don't, and you know, I'm not asking you for a specific moment, and there may be, but rather just wh- where in, in your, um, yeah, where in your experience of life did that show up, or at least some sense of clarity around that?
2: I've thought about that, actually, like when, when were these like, I don't have those crystallization moments where this, this mm-hmm. happened during, you know, seventh grade and Mrs. is so-and-so's class. Those don't exist, unfortunately. I think I, I think I was born and bred this way, and it just, it's been probably a very interesting experience to parent me. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had teachers point out the same, um, and I, and it's something I've wanted to soften, right? And tried to learn to soften because <sighs> I just kind of live out loud. I have three children of my own. My youngest is very much the same. We call her, uh, she's, she's just a gangster. She's just walking through life, and she's experiencing it, and she wants you to know what she's experiencing. And good, bad, or ugly, you're aware.
1: Well, you know, I, it's so interesting because, you know, we we talk a little bit about on that professional side, and I wanted to ask on the personal side if, if your family members all shared the same goal um, and then how that kind of moves in and out, right? I mean, I think... <laughs> This is, you know, I got a really deep conversation with my, with my oldest daughter this past week who had, um, you know, months ago she had said to Amy and I, you know, can I live at home after college? You know, she's going into her senior year and well, the answer is of course, the next question was like, do I have to pay rent? And we're like, yeah, no, I, you know, no, (laughs) we're gonna, we're gonna have to have a different kind of conversation, but you're not gonna, we're not gonna make you pay rent, right? I mean, that's the, our costs don't change. We're not sharing. We're not sharing the mortgage with you all of a sudden. Yeah.
0: James is over here just going like this. Like, yeah, yeah. Nah. coming during.
1: This so, going to nah, happen. Because he knows.
0: He knows. Because how, how old is June is, is now? She's
1: almost six months now. <laughs> About 20
2: so. years. We'll, we'll have
1: another call. <laughs> so oh, look, I, at, I, look at that. My daughter's still
0: listening to me.
1: Oh, wow. I, 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 yeah. I, I'd like to say that I, I was the, the best parent that ever existed. And then I had children. Um, yeah. I, I knew exactly what to do. And then I had my own kids, um, but it is, um, you know, and then we got into a conversation the other night and she said, you know, I don't really want to come home. And, and we, we kind of started to unpack like, well, why? And she said, well, I'm not sure that I can be, you know, in a nutshell, I'm not sure that I can be me there. Oof. And, and, well, and, you know, here it is because, you know, we've had some knockdown dragouts and, you know, part of the, part of those conversations are, um, you know, we're not equals in this house, but if we want to be equals, then you are paying rent, you know, and you know, you're going to have a set of responsibilities like the rest yeah. of us, but that just doesn't happen. And so, you know, we have, we have some power dynamics in there and, and really. That conversation about we're not equals is more about let's just understand the power dynamics in the system. Yep. Um, but but then there, there are easy things like, you know, what I don't like, Dad, is um, I don't think we should have the shoes in the hallway, and I hate it when people put their shoes on top of my shoes, and I'm like, oh, but honey, you know, it's just a, it's a con- yeah. it's a condition. It's not a, <laughs> right. It's just a condition. I mean, we can, let's just talk about that, right? I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> we can move the shoes. I mean, but you know that's yeah, how she.
0: That's a symptom she, of a deeper problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But but you know this idea that um, I, I think sometimes in my kids I find out that their goals are constant moving, and and so are ours. Frankly, so you know, that's where my question comes from: whether there's a, a a shared goal in your household, and everybody knows what it is. <laughs> so
0: the, 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 this also then evokes the other piece of that of the dialogue, I think, which is. What's our intention for the relationship? What does this ideal look like in terms of both now and what our vision for the shared understanding of of the vision for the relationship, what do we want it to be? And I don't use vision to be corny about it. It's just kind of like, what's the future state? So here's a conversation about what's happening now in the context of today. And then what could be happening four years from now when she returns from school and you got the shoes in the hallway Yeah, and so the important, thank you, and the importance of intention then, and be able to have that conversation. So here's context, here's, uh, and you can talk about the family system, just like we talk about cultures and organizations as the system that we're all operating in. Really, at the end of the day, it's having the conversations about what do we really want for the relationship, and having that conversation not just about today, rather, how does today inform and become a part of what we truly want and what do we want the relationship of the future to look like. I really like the idea of, can you, can you with say a teenager sit down and have that kind of a conversation and be able to build a framework, a way of understanding that just like in a team or an organization, there's communication agreements, there's ways to talk about things. We need to share terminology. to be able to pause in that moment, and be able to step into that realm of truth, which is what do I really want for this relationship? And, and and let's make sure that that's the overarching element of the of the dialogue. Yeah. And just like in organizations, if we have a sure terminology a shared terminology and a way to talk about things and see it in a systems thinking way. Um yeah, I think and and oh I left it with a question, which is um How often do we or we try to do that with a teenager an adolescent, or um actually a child of any age to keep reminding them of the importance of coming back to what we want for the relationship
1: yeah, and I think that's what uh you know my daughter and i's conversation is really about is what is that relationship between us right and I used the language with you earlier today, Edgar, about you know being seen um I, the conversation about the shoes is. I bought my shoes. They're very important to me. Can you see that they're very important to me? I mean, that's really what she's asking me. Yeah. Um, and and you can hear that. But you know, Bree, here's the question I have for you. In addition to the question Edgar just posed, is you know how do we, how do we have that conversation with our with our family members where, you know, in a professional setting, trust gets built and earned over time. It's almost more tangible in some sense. Mm-hmm. And in these close personal relationships, trust is assumed. Um, and a colleague of mine and I uh, used to carpool together, we talk about um, we talk about the, the capital in our marriages and how hard it was to build it and how easy it was to lose it. Um, but this idea of we also need to make, because of that assumed trust, we also need to know that if the shared goal moves away for a minute, that we might need to invest some trust that it'll come back. Um, and, and, you know, with your sense of wonder and, and, you know, coupled with that directness, I wonder if you've ever encountered either in your professional life or in your personal life, this, this point where people say, wait a minute, I thought I knew everything about you. And now you ask this different kind of question. Have you had that one?
2: A lot. Yeah. No. Um, So one of the the things that I think I found most interesting is how how much people think they know me um, and how close people feel and how hard it is for me to reciprocate that. So that trust being mutual and then going back to the intention of a conversation and intention of a relationship, right? So I think as I've grown older, I've learned to have more of the conversation around the intent around the relationship. I guess is, I'm really excited that you're my after drinks, after work drinks buddy um, with the kids. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to be your your hands-on mom right now. And then this year we're going to go a little more hands-off and you're going to get to, and we have those intentional conversations because I think with the wonder and the questions that I ask, it sets things off kilter because then that person goes off and tries to dissect what that means in the terms of what they think our relationship is and where I'm going with it. And it really is just setting the, my understanding and being clear about that with the person my child a co-worker a friend um, my spouse what the just going back to that at the very beginning what this is what I need from you and this is the question I have and those two things aren't always related right so making sure that we have that sort of clarity to bounce those those new ideas off of mm-hmm. so it and, isn't and the way that... question the foundation of the relationship it's more just a
0: Yeah. Yeah, And the way that you're describing that, so I'll put some terminology that we use a lot here on the podcast to come back to is the um, bringing, bringing the expectation for the relationship into the spoken realm and the importance of that to be able to do that. And, and at times be direct in doing that because here's what I'm, here's what I need. Here's what I'm looking for. And I think that when you start thinking about trust and different dimensions of trust, being seen, being heard, uh, being loved and cared for. There's there's different attributes to what we so easily toss around as trust. And so without articulating the expectation, it's really difficult to understand what that definition is and what it looks like and feels like for for each one of us.
2: And finding that out for the other person too, right? So you understand what they are looking for too. If they're, you know, what their expectations of you are, so you know if you can meet them or not. Like that's that we talked from the beginning. We started with boundaries. If those are are within bounds for where I want to go with that, right? That mm-hmm. that constant pull of of need versus boundary versus want um, in a relationship is is really interesting. And I think the fastest path out of drama is a clear conversation. Yeah, and oh. using words that I don't think I had. I don't think I knew to call it the true alignment framework. The the spoken into the spoken realm. You know, it just it, it comes out a little messier than that until you learn how to mm-hmm. do it this way. You just, you know, this is the, and then the other person's like, wait, what's happening? And that, and the intention gets confused with the emotion and the, the words. And, you well, know, having, yeah. having the framework is helpful.
1: Well, in, in this part of, um, <laughs> you know, the, if, if everybody just says, here's how I feel, mm-hmm. you have not addressed how you want the relationship to exist with another person who has feelings as well. Yep. Right. And I think this is, this is one of those conversations about you. I agree. You always say bring the intention for the relationship into the spoken realm. And that is, that's such a good, you know, just a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful reminder that you are in relationship. Brie, you said something earlier that that sticks out in my mind, which was, um, I find that people often feel like they know me. Mm -hmm. Is that about, the size of Brie Brideur's personality because.
2: do not have a small personality. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, I, and, and listen, I mean, socially, this is, this is a weird phenomena, right? I mean, because there's influencers, then somehow that's a job now. Um, but there's influencers who we just want more and more and more of them in their personalities. And, and oftentimes when we take big personalities into um, the professional space, like there's a lot of efforts to to box and shrink that personality down unless you're the Steve Jobs of the world and the out, you know, the out front you're CEO, the right. you're the, yep. unless you're the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I thought that was really interesting because people think because they, you know, can intersect with my personality that they believe they know me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I'd never, I've never had somebody say that out loud before. So it really strikes me as 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 one of those things
2: it's it's been one of the things that i've tried to learn to to honor i think i interact without a lot of artifice and preparation um the, the, the interaction is very real real time the thing we're having now is very real time right i did some homework i thought about it but it's very real time reaction to the conversation we're having we haven't used any of my movie quotes or notes
1: Okay, so you ready? I, so I have the movie. I have the movie reference right now. You ready? I'm
2: excited. Go for
1: it. Okay, well, let's see. Let's see if you even this was even in the realm of your possibilities. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Guardians of the Galaxy three.
2: Oh, I just saw it. It's fantastic. Anybody?
1: It is fantastic, right? So it's in the Marvel universe. It's it's got a little bit of the um, uh, Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. uh, sentimentality about it, right? I mean, it's a very cheerful movie at the end and so um and I, you're going to have to help me here Bri, because I need my I need my daughter here to to remember the names of the characters but there there's two characters where in the last movie their love relationship had been torn apart because one had died turns out she really hadn't died she just does no longer recognize um her partner and so she's actually um but she comes in in the movie to help them and during the movie these two <laughs> these two characters he is you know he's heartbroken and he is really trying to share with his partner his feelings and what his experiences with her were mm-hmm. and she doesn't remember any of this and and so it's really an interesting kind of relational thing um because in all of the other guardians of the galaxy movie he is the big personality right he is,
2: the star he, yeah.
1: is he is the star I mean, and there's a transition in that movie, but um, he is the star, but that big personality, um, he, he you know, he used it as a tool to draw others to him. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, we got to turn around and see his big personality didn't have the same effect uh, yeah. on, on the person that he loved.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, sorry, that's the movie reference of... of... I
2: liked it. <laughs> star Lord and Gamora.
1: Thank you. That's right.
2: You're welcome.
1: Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I, I think... I think that's the, that's the trick, right? What works for one relationship doesn't work for another. And your, your experience of that relationship is, is yours. And until you really explore how other people are experiencing it, and I'm using that word a lot, um, I guess, feeling and thinking about it and turning it around in their heads. um, You don't really understand how it's affecting everyone around you. Right. Or, and, and that, that I think has been, the journey for me with true alignment is I know that I just, I've been doing this thing and living my life out loud. And then, and then I started to have to think about how it was hitting and registering. And, and, you know, we always say, think about it from the other person's perspective. It's not even just their perspective. It's their, it's their whole experience of it, not just their thought, but how does it affect what they get to do in a day at work? How does it affect how they approach that? How does it affect how they feel about how they're approaching it? It's it's all these multi-layered things that now, now are a big part of what I think about when I'm, I'm thinking about how we do this thing at work at IT Concepts. It's it's we have these great ideas for how we're rolling things out. How does that work in this really complex world that we live in now with hybrid and in-person remote and a differentiated portfolio of types of work and ever changing government requirements for how we do the work and what it's a, the the layers of complexity are just, are just getting thicker. So how do we transcend that with an experience that we want people to feel and how do we do it in a way where they want to be a part of that?
1: Yeah, it just makes me, it begs the question for me, whether alignment is alive. And, And I think because of the consistent work that's necessary in this, um, you know, as we talk about personality, the assumptions we make about people is that that they're not um they don't change. Right. And and what I mean by that is they wouldn't it's not that they wouldn't change over time necessarily, but it's the hey, the thing that you came the way you came to work on Monday is the same way you're gonna to come to work on Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. And the and the reality is that's probably not always true. It's actually likely the opposite, right? I mean, it's actually more likely that you're different every day when you come to work. So if we try and standardize everything and we interact the same every day, we're we're interacting effectively with different emotions from, from, from different human beings. Right. I mean, in all the work that's been done around identity is that you're not a single, you're not a single identity. Um, you know, you are a collection of identities and the danger of that, um, And here's the other, we can throw in a double movie reference, right? What was the, what was the Disney animated one with the emotions? Uh, Inside Out. Inside Out. Do you remember this one? Yeah, I think so. All right. So, when Juniper gets older, like this is an awesome movie, right? I mean, it's the five emotions kind of fighting with each other <laughs> to, for to take control of the human, right? And so, um, I, but that's that's our lives and that's our identities. You know, every every minute of every day, a different identity is stepping forward to say, "Wait a minute!" I mean, and this is the this is the modern world that that we live in. Um, this is uh, you know, in higher ed, why we get the question about. Yeah, you know, I get the question from some older alumni. It drives me absolutely berserk about, you know, why are you letting those students use pronouns? Because we want them in conversation with us. That's the reason. Like, <laughs> you know, come on, people.
2: Why like, is that the thing we're starting in problem? Right. That I,
1: what, what is the back? issue? Like, you you tell me who you are on the way in. That way, the conversation and the setting of intention for the relationship is, will be much easier. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just yeah. such an interesting thing to me. Those, you know, that assumption that we're always going to be the same. Bree, as a as a, as a parent, uh, as somebody in relationship in your family, um, what's an example of when you've seen, when you've seen these, th- when you've seen the people in relationship change, and how have you adapted? Um, when does alignment come come forward in that moment for you?
2: I would say this is probably the biggest. Uh, alignment summer I've had in my personal, <laughs> and personal life. Uh, so it gets I, my identity as a mom, right? I, I've been a full-time mom, full-time worker for a long time. My oldest is going to college in two days. Things kind of change. I, I'm going to be walking by an empty room. That's a big part of my identity. And I, I think a big part of my success is being a mom fundamentally makes you real sure you can take on anything. Um, so there, there's a lot of confidence that I've gained from that role identity, right? I think that that has been a big part of of what's going on. Um, I had a close friend lose a spouse unexpectedly. That changed a whole lot of perspective for me about what matters um, and how I spend my time and the amount of joy I seek versus the the amount of time I spend on something. That that equation get got very different for me this summer. Um, so I think in in pursuit of the end goals professionally and personally, those end goals have stayed the same. I think the methodology on how and what I wanna do to get there in those timelines, um, that's something that requires that constant communication. That's where alignment comes in, being really transparent um, with the key stakeholders, whether they're personal um, with my spouse and my children or professional with the crew at IT concepts. Um, I'm very transparent with what those things have been and and what they've meant to me um, and, what they, how they're going to change who I am and how I show up. Uh, and I think maybe that's the direct, as we talked about at the beginning coming through, but I think being very transparent in, in what, what that has meant to me and how I approach relationships might even have, unfortunately for some shortened the bullshit factor that I can tolerate. <laughs> there is,
0: that, that'll happen yeah. as well. Yeah.
2: Right. It just, it is, it's been a tough summer. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been life-changing in how I want to pursue what's next, right? And what's next every day at ITC is, is new and exciting, which is kind of cool. Um, and how we go about that, it's changed, changed quite a bit for me. So I, I think changes, there's a lot of times external factors, but then how you process those, um, making sure you're bringing everybody along for the journey matters a lot.
0: Yeah, and there's to and I and I hear in that there. There's that tension of, as we move through change, that um, we can add another persona. We can we we can be what others want us to be to a certain degree and fall into that. And at the end of the day, it's back to alignment to self and who we are. And at the end of the day, when you think about people changing that expectation that people aren't going to change because we want the predictability of getting the same thing tomorrow as we got today, we know that that's not real. And when we look at ourselves, we we get a clarity that um, we're all changing. And Mm -hmm. if if there's anything that we can always count on, it's that. And so acceptance, acceptance of others, self-acceptance all comes into play in terms of our own being which is one thought. And the other thought as I was listening to you now for the last several minutes is I wanted to say I think in, in this summer and this year that you're experiencing, is that um, my hat's off to you. I think you're doing really, really wonderful work. And then uh, you know in your life and, and who you are. And then I came to the point of saying, well, that's what she's doing, but really at the end of the day, you're, you're actually being wonderful yourself. And I, and I think that in of itself, if, if we're ever going to um, be able to recognize our own capability and um, come to a to place of real truth and self-acceptance, we have to be able to also understand that uh, just a wonderful aspect of life is doing the best that we know how. And constantly discovering and inquiring and exploring what that can look like. And then not just letting other people see that, inviting them along for the ride. And sounds like that's what you're doing.
2: I hope so. That's my that is my movie quote. Can you ready? Yes. From Black Panther. Ah. Just because something works doesn't mean it can't be improved. So just. So true. Zuri Zuri knew what was up, right? You just.
1: Well, and I, you know, I got a little chill on that one, Bree. You know, and I was um, as as Edgar was speaking, I was thinking about a potential title for today's podcast, um, and I think it's got to be around that that idea of wonder. You know the idea that something that works and it can be improved is really, um, I mean that 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 is such an example of that wonder, right? I mean it's not. That's just a, such a good approach, right? I wonder. And you you described uh, your husband Ken's kind of he needs data and facts and he needs all of of these things. And I would just no. yeah. I, I was reminded of a conversation yesterday. We have one of our physicists here at the university. Um, he studies muons and they just discovered that the, the, the rate at which in muons are a heavier particle, like an electron. Um, but he's been studying these in the Fermi accelerator for years. And they just found out that they behave differently than they had expected. Yep. And so it kind of throws the theory into a little bit of a chaos because it doesn't work. And I just said, this is the glory of science.
2: How exciting is that?
1: Yeah. I mean, science, there's a reason that there are so few laws, right? Everything else is a theory. Because we wonder if it cannot be, if if it can't be different.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's magic in the wonder. There really is.
1: There is. I mean, it's funny that we never had a a movie conversation about the movie itself, Wonder. But um, we'll leave leave that for another day.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Really sweet book.
1: (laughs) What else?
0: How are we doing on time, James? I think we're pretty much just about there. (laughs) Okay.
1: So, my suggestion for the title is Wonderful with a two L's on the end. I like
0: it. There you go. And what episode number is this?
1: This is 55.
0: 55. Double nickel. The wonderful. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So, uh, Bree, anything you'd like to add to the conversation?
2: Uh, I think one of the things I would close out with is to really, truly feel the impact of true alignment you do really have to start at home. <laughs> it's very hard to do the work that the book asks for and that Gern can ask for, um, unless you are really comfortable with who you are and how you want to approach a problem. Because otherwise, you're just talking. and there, There's no real... The you that's important to solve the problem isn't in the room. So that Thank would be... You. My my best advice is to get get real serious and start at the beginning, and then go back to the, the professional. The professional will fall into place.
1: Well
0: if
2: said. You get everything else lined up.
1: Well said. Nice. Thank you, Bree.
0: Yeah. Thank you very yeah. very much. Thanks for joining us today. What a wonderful conversation.
2: Well, the journey. I didn't use no. any of my notes
0: that I was ready for. <laughs> just so you have them. You're, You're, not You're not alone. You're uh, not alone. This is a, a constant uh, piece of feedback that we get from our guests. Is like, you know, I got so ready for this, and we didn't even touch on any of it. Well, no.
2: sorry. Good stuff here. I'll say yeah. that you can use it for someone
1: else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if you need, we can have you on again.
2: Yeah. Some, someday in the future.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, well, you're always welcome, Brie.
2: Thank
1: we'll book you. it. That's right.
2: Thanks guys. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's been our pleasure to have you on Brie. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. And thanks for sharing a little bit about your summer. Um, sorry. It's been like that, but if you keep that wonder.
2: There's something really good waiting for us. Completely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, a reminder, questions, thoughts, comments, anything at all are welcome at info at Let us hear from you, and you can always count on it that we'll get back to you and that you'll hear back from us. So uh, with that, um, thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm Edgar Papke.
1: And I'm Ken Sagendorf. Have a good day, everybody.
0: Live Aligned.
1: Cut. We're not gonna play the music today. All right. I think we lost Brie again. Dang it. I'm not sure it's it's us actually. Come back.
0: She in New York or is she in Washington, Virginia?
1: No, she said she was in Corning.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes.
1: That's so the, weird.
0: The Crystal Palace
1: of the world. The C- crystal city. I had, crystal I city. forgot it was called that actually. I've never seen Zoom like reconnect itself. Like, close the cell, reconnect. There she is.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening.
1: No, it's
0: okay. Yeah. We just, uh, um, we were just informed by James. We have to start uh, from the beginning.
2: All over again. Yeah. Perfect. We're going to use my notes this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you guys what the topics are. Careful. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's, let's do it.
1: Yeah. All right. We
2: got motivators, pausing to reflect, asking more questions, being brave enough to hit the stop button. I was going to use the Boeing. Um, movie on netflix i was i don't know if you've watched it yet it's really good yes feedback junkie mentality had a dead poet society quote in there and oh. hangover quote. tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack that's gonna make the yes. air that was great yeah uh, it still could happen
1: <laughs>
2: oh dear uh continuous communication i use back panther um one of the things that i was thinking about a couple hours ago is um i think people confuse alignment with needing everything to match
0: oh nice yes
2: so i think that finding balance is more important than finding a match Mm -hmm. that one i thought was interesting um and i was going to talk about where i'm weak is really patience which you guys clearly identified and talked about (laughs) and how my two professional buddies at work Tom and Tom are very patient, and my husband is very patient, and that's great. And I need that, and that's where that friction to pause instead of charging ahead comes from, and works great. Um, and then I had a notebook quote, so it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. We're going to have to work at this every day. Come on.
0: This <laughs> is oh, that's beautiful stuff. Your your, pa-
1: your patience is the old bull, young bull, right, Bree? Pretty- I mean, and we can't, we can't, you're, he's still recording. So maybe this shows up in the blooper thing, but that's from a movie colors back in the late eighties. Right. And I just, I love that. I pull that out with so many people. Um, you know, I can't always say the, the whole quote from the movie cause, uh, it's it's increasingly more offensive on a day-to-day basis.
2: the 80s stuff isn't aging well, yeah. <laughs> I tried to watch Pretty and Pink with the kids, and that did not age well. <laughs> All right.
1: So I, one time, I my, my wife was away. The kids were young, and they said, "What? Well, you know, we're watching a movie. And they said, what movie are you watching? And I said, Dave. And my wife is like, you're letting them watch Dave? And I'm like, what is wrong with Dave? So do yep. you remember Dave is the – it's uh, Kevin Klein yeah. and – and Sigourney Weaver, and he, he's a president. presidential impersonator. Yeah. And the president has a, a, a heart attack, like so they get him to in. play the president. Yeah. But I totally forgot that the way the president has a heart attack is screwing his secretary. Yeah. <laughs> so, but my wife remembered yeah. that part. Yeah. <laughs> so no, the
2: first five minutes of every movie I've tried to show my kids <laughs> has ruined everything. Just, <laughs> nothing has aged great.
0: Then there's that great line, uh, which is, um, uh, um, I can't always say what you wanna hear.
2: That's probably something I should have engraved on my forehead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Can't yeah, always that... say what you want what you want what you want to hear. Yeah.